Hi, this is Adam Bergman. On today's Adam Talks, I'm going to be talking about universal healthcare or free healthcare, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this is based off my personal experiences. So first of all, Happy New Year, everyone. I wish everyone a happy, prosperous, healthy 2020. Uh, but I wanted to talk about something that's personal to me because this is something that's actually impacting my family. And I think it's topical because there's a lot of chatter in this country about going to a universal free healthcare system. Uh, it's something some Democratic presidential candidates have voiced support for. And there's a lot of people in this country that uh, think it's a good idea. So I wanted to kind of bring in my personal opinions um, or thoughts or uh, experiences. Uh, I don't want to make this political. Uh, it's not a question of whether you're left or right or center. Um, this is not about that at all. Um, it's just really expressing my personal experiences of my family's interaction with free healthcare. And the reason I know, and I know firsthand, is I was born in Canada and I spent uh, 20, first 22 years of my life there. Uh, my parents lived there. Uh, they died there. Um, one died because of the Canadian healthcare system, and I'll explain why. And I have an aunt there that is really uh, the catalyst for this podcast. So I have an aunt. Her name's Sylvia. She's 65 years old, and she has special needs. She lives in a group home. So since she's been uh, at a young age, she's uh, always been slow um, and had trouble kind of integrating into school. And she's never been married. She's never really been able to hold a job. She's never been really diagnosed of what her uh, condition is. Um, I've always, you know, I think she's super smart. And I, she's my aunt and I look up to her and respect her. But she's always needed help to live. So she lives in a group home setting. And for the last 25 years or so, she's been in a group home. And she's had great care. And um, she's had a doctor. I guess take care of her once every few weeks, a doctor would come see her. And for the most part, from my aunt's perspective, uh, things were going well, but she was young. She's now 65. So clearly when you're young and you're healthy, a free healthcare system works really well, right? Because you don't have any issues. Um, nothing to complain about. You're healthy. The doctor sees you. Maybe you have a cough or cold. Uh, maybe you uh, fall here and there, but you're not sick. Thank God. However, now that my aunt is 65 and she's a little bit, um, she's not in the best shape. She's somewhat overweight and hard to kind of uh, exercise. She just doesn't have the attention span to exercise. Uh, and you'll see from the picture, uh, she's sweet as sugar. She's got a heart of gold. Uh, but she, you know, she has her, her special, uh, I call them gifts. Um, because she is an amazing person, uh, but she, she needs some help to kind of uh, get through uh, everyday uh, life. So anyways, now she started having leg problems, uh, started falling, um, and she had to move group homes because the group home she's at closed. So now she's in a new group home. Um, unfortunately, the new group home doesn't have a doctor. The way the Canadian healthcare system is, and I just recently found out is, you need to have a doctor because without a general practitioner doctor, you can't be referred to a specialist. But if you don't have a doctor, you need to go out and get a doctor. So the doctor that my aunt had was associated with her old group home, but she no longer is at that group home. 
So we need to find her a new doctor. Problem is, you can't get a new doctor. There's a waiting list of over 100,000 people to get a doctor. Talking about a general practitioner, regular doctor. that You can go anywhere in the United States and get um, and find a doctor, not a problem. Well, my aunt can't. In Canada, it's a free universal healthcare system, meaning everyone has a Medicare card. Everyone born in Canada or becomes a resident or citizen of Canada gets this brown, or it used to be brown, ugly card. They're actually used to not even have a picture on it, believe it or not. So people used to kind of like pass these cards around and just go get a free uh, checkup. Anyways, they got smart and put a picture on it. And I haven't lived in Canada in, I don't know, 20 something years, but I know there's still a Medicare card because my aunt lost it and she wasn't able to go see anyone because she didn't have this Medicare card, which is like a passport. But so you get this Medicare card and you generally can go see doctors for free. Um, they've changed it now where there's small co-pays, five, 10, 15, 20 bucks, but it's essentially a free system. You're supposed to pay for the system and your income taxes, which is actually ironic because the Canadian income taxes are lower than the U.S. income taxes. So all these people claiming that the U.S., we should raise the taxes on the middle class and rich. Guess what? The middle class and rich actually pay less in Canada. The highest tax rate is 33 percent here. It's 37 percent. So, you know, there's a lot of um, I want to say fake news, but there's a lot of chatter and there's a lot of narratives out there that's just not true. And I, I know because I lived in Canada and I've seen it, I experienced it. So actually the Canadian system, tax system used to be way higher. It's actually way lower now. The US tax system has gradually gone up. Uh, even corporate tax rates are down to 21% in the US. They're, if you take into account all the federal deductions, it's about 15% in Canada. So believe it or not, you're gonna pay less tax if you're rich or middle class in Canada than you would in the US. And you get free healthcare and you get almost education that's free, which is, which is good. However, free healthcare comes free problems. So again, when you're healthy, it works beautiful. Okay, but when you're sick, now you have issues. So number one, my aunt now is at a new group home. As you can see, she needs help. She's been falling every night. She barely can walk. Um, she can't get a doctor. Can't find a doctor. There's 100,000 people ahead of her. So she's stuck. Okay, she thankfully has a social worker that we got her new social worker because the old social worker uh, didn't want to do anything. So we have a new social worker that's trying to find her a doctor. Okay, this is a government employee that's been for the last month who I love is trying to find her a doctor. Can't even get her a doctor. And he's in a government employee. Okay, my, again, my aunt has special needs. She has tons of medicine she takes all uh, every day, uh, physical and uh medication for her uh, mental well-being and uh, she has a um, psychiatrist but she can't have she doesn't have a physical doctor can't get one anymore so now she's in the position where she can't walk she's been falling every day her legs are giving out on her we can't figure out why my aunt went to the er uh, about two weeks ago before christmas she waited there for 10 hours she had to leave because she just was 10 at night and she couldn't take it any longer. She wasn't able to get uh, any type of conclusive um, diagnosis of what was wrong with her. Okay, so now today she fell again and uh, they're going in an ambulance to the ER because she doesn't have a doctor. She can't go see a doctor because she doesn't have one. So now you have the situation. There's 30 million Canadians or so. Um, and the issue in my estimation is accountability. So the doctors um, start off caring. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the great doctors come to the U.S. because 
they're capped. The Canadian doctors are capped on how much they can make. So when you, someone tells you you can't make more than this, you're going to stop working. Um, a, lot of good, a lot of the good doctors won't take new patients, i.e. why my aunt's in this position. Um, they'll stop working by summer because they've already capped out. Uh, or they go to the U.S. or other countries because they can make more money. So the people, the doctors left to Canada, um, you, you, you get what you choose. What, my father always said, beggars aren't choosers. You, are, you get what you get. And you become very passive in the system because you have no choice. The, you're at the mercy of these doctors and these nurses who can never get fired. The system needs them. So they run the show. Okay, so you can't complain. There's no accountability. Um, no one cares. Um, and the system kind of uh, grows on itself and becomes larger and larger and larger. And we're left with a situation where people can't get doctors, they can't get help, and it becomes uh, a situation of life and death. And now let me tell you about my father, who passed away uh, about nine years ago. And this is what happened in a nutshell, because I can spend hours talking about this. Um, my dad um, needed to get a gallbladder removed. Uh, his doctor said, ah, just wait six, seven months. It's no big deal. Anyways, he gets it removed. Um, but turns out there's some complications. They send my dad home that weekend. He's just you know, nauseous, throwing up, not feeling well, becomes jaundice. Um, I clearly Google it. It seems like there's a uh, potential sepsis. There was a nick uh, when the uh, gallbladder procedure was done laparoscopically. There was some uh, type of complication, and, and which happens. And uh, there was a nick and, um, and the, into the liver, and there was some sepsis. So I flew in from uh, that point in New York, and I was trying to get my dad some help. And the doctor kept saying, it's okay, it's okay. Your dad will be eating sushi, steak in a few days. Don't worry. Anyways, two days, three days, four days later, my dad barely can breathe. It's jaundice. Uh, I basically go to the doctor and say, something's wrong. And the doctor basically starts screaming at me and saying, don't talk to me like that. You don't know what you're saying. Get out of here or I'm not going to take care of your father. So at that point, I don't even know what my rights are. I go to the nurse. I say, what do I do? She says, well, you have some rights, so you need to fire the doctor. I said, can I? She said, yeah. So I fire the doctor, get a new doctor. Within five minutes, my dad's in ICU and a ventilator for 10 days. Thank God he survives it. Everything's great. But 30 days later, we get a phone call from the, daughter, the doctor who did the procedure saying, oh, sorry, Mr. Bergman, but um, you have cancer. So my dad said, what are you talking about? I said, well, yeah, the, the procedure, the gallbladder was cancerous and some of the cancer leaked into the liver. Uh, we're sorry. But my father said, well, the surgery was done six weeks ago. Why is this the first time hearing about it? The radiologist report was dated 30 days ago. Why is it the first time I'm hearing about this? Oh, sorry, no one contacted you. 30 days. So now my dad uh, needs a liver resection. They won't do it in Canada. Why? It's a numbers game. My dad's 65. They have only so many beds. The doctor basically said, sorry, can't do it. My dad then goes to oncologist talk to see what his chances are for chemotherapy. And nice doctor who basically said this, Mr. Bergman, um, this is what we're going to do. However, uh, here's my business card. Scratches out his phone number and email. Don't call me. Don't email me. I'm sorry. It's not personal, but I have thousands of patients. If I tried to respond to all the emails and phone calls, I wouldn't be able to 
be a doctor. So now my dad's going into the fight of his life uh, with an oncologist that he can't contact. Uh, they won't do a liver resection surgery. And basically my dad had to pay for it personally, go to the United States and it gave him uh, a new lease on life. He ended up passing away, but the liver resection really helped him. Um, so what does this mean? Okay, this means that obviously no system's perfect, but when you don't pay for something, you get what you pay for a lot of times. And again, if you're healthy or you need basic care, it's a great system, right? If you're young, you just go to the doctor every year, or even if you have a basic cancer treatment, uh, they'll give you the chemo and they'll administer it and the, the people are, are super nice. But if you need anything more, if you need some creativity, if you need a doctor that's gonna give you special attention to devise you know, the right chemo cocktails or the right solution for you, you may not get it. And why? It's because they're hampered. It's not the doctor's fault. They do want to help, but the system won't let them. And just like the system is failing my aunt, who can't get a doctor, who's in a waiting list of 100,000 people, to see a doctor in Montreal, who's a city of 2 million people, where there's tens of thousands of doctors. And it's hard to believe that not one doctor has 20 minutes to see this poor lady. But the answer is no one could force the doctors to see these patients. And the doctors are gods because the system needs the doctors and the, and the system knows the doctors will go other places because they'll get more money. And the doctors are overworked, they're underpaid, and the system's a mess. The hospitals are dirty, they're a mess. The nurses um, don't care. I remember, I'll give you an example, my wife gave birth in Florida to my son. My wife was about to give birth. She said, go, go grab a nurse. And I said, what do you mean? You, you can't just go, the nurse has to come. You can't just go talk to the nurse. She said, what are you talking about? I said, well, in Canada, you can't just scream at the nurse because they're not going to come and they'll scream at you and they'll punish you. So you just got to like press the button and wait and they'll come to you. And my wife was like, no, no, in America, you can't do that. They'll get fired. You need to go get the nurse. And I did. And the nurse came and it was amazing and everything worked out. So I'm not saying the U.S. system's perfect and I'm not saying the Canadian system is horrible, although it could be horrible if you really need it. But I'm saying that this is a conversation people need to have. And when people say that, oh, universal health is the answer, it's the best, we should all do it, most of these people have never experienced it. I have, okay? So they can come talk to me when they're talking about universal health and how it's gonna save the American medical system. Uh, it's not, okay? There's a reason this is the best medical system. There's a reason that leaders from all over the world when they're sick come here. And the most technology and the, the most advances are done in the United States for the best doctors. And the system is not perfect, but I believe it's a lot better than a, a free system. Um, there's already Medicaid here if you are uh, below a certain income threshold or above a certain age, you will get free healthcare. Um, if you need it, there's hospitals that will see you even if you are undocumented. Um, in Canada, it's free, um, but the system is broken. And when you need it, it will not be there for you. And that is my concern with the United States. And again, I, I, it's not about Democrat or Republican. Um, it's about what's best for this country, for every health, every, every person, every citizen, every resident, everyone who needs the system. Uh, what can we expect from it? Uh, whether you've paid in or you're not, you're, you're rich or middle class or, or not, uh, the system should work. There should be accountability. The doctor should care. Nurses should care. And everyone should try to heal the patient. And unfortunately, in Canada, that's just not the case. You're lucky to even get a doctor. If you get a doctor, you're hoping that doctor will give you the time of day. 
Uh, I can't tell you how many times from my aunt I've, I've tried to call a, a doctor's office and they just hang up on me or leave me uh, waiting for an hour um, and, and just basically say, well, call back, we're busy, hang up. Um, because you, you can't complain. There's no one to complain to. You can write messages on, online and complain, but no one's going to care because there's no accountability. Um, and it's just the way the system is. Uh, I'll give you the, the last example. When I tried to speak to an attorney, a Canadian attorney, to uh, when, after my dad passed away to see what my rights were because I feel like my dad's rights were violated by the doctor who did the gallbladder procedure who was negligent in, in letting my dad go into sepsis and, and not telling my dad for 30 days plus that he had cancer, the, the lawyer was blunt. And he said, listen, um, you're going to lose. You, you're going to spend 100000 plus. The Canadian government will uh, appeal this all the way to the Supreme Court and you will lose. Uh, why? Because they need to keep costs down. They need to keep torts down. Um, they don't want liability issues for doctors or the system because it will cause even a bigger burden on the system. So this is just me venting. Um, yes, uh, I've, I've experienced some pauses in the system. Um, when I was young, I went to doctors and had great doctors and they took care of me. And But I never had anything pressing. Thank God I was pretty healthy. Uh, but when the going gets tough, um, it's it's questionable whether the system will be there for you. Um, and, and that's something that people need to think about before they're just willing to open uh, their arms and embrace free universal healthcare. So this is per my personal experience. Yes, um, you can grab a Canadian or, some, or a Brit or someone in Sweden and Finland or Australia who uh, may have different thoughts, but I can only go after my personal experience. My father, I believe 100% would be alive today if he was a US citizen. Um, my aunt, I can 100% uh, tell you, will have a, would have a doctor if she lived in the United States. Seeing her, she'd probably have better care. Uh, she wouldn't be a cripple. Um, basically, that can't leave her room because she can't get a doctor to give her anything more than, than a Tylenol. Um, and that's kind of where it's at. So um, it's me rambling, I know, uh, but it was important for me to kind of get this off my chest because every time I hear about uh, the, the enormous uh, perfection and beauty of universal free healthcare, um, I, I kind of choke up and say, well, it, it's not so perfect and people need to hear about this. Um, and unfortunately, if you haven't experienced it, in a textbook, universal free healthcare looks great, of course. I mean, who doesn't want a universal free healthcare? Who wants to pay 200 bucks a pay period, 500 bucks a pay period for healthcare they may not need? Uh, no one does. It's crazy. But the system, there's accountability here. The system works. You get the best doctors in the world. Uh, you get the best care in the world. Um, and sometimes uh, you get what you pay for. So um, I hope there's a way that they can figure out some type of um, solution where we pay less and get better care. That's the goal. Um, but when you, when you are not paying anything, you have no accountability. It's like when you hire someone, if you hire a lawyer and you don't pay them, there's only so much you're going to get. Um, same with a doctor, um, same with almost any profession. If, if you want accountability, you need to pay because once you pay them, they're accountable to you. There's kind of a financial contract between the parties. So um, Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Um, again, I hope you found this somewhat interesting. Just open up your minds to different views, opinions. Um, free healthcare does sound great, um, but it, it does have its, its downsides and the downsides could be deadly. 
So just um, just consider it, talk to people, think about it, and ask questions. Don't just take what uh, some of these politicians are telling you at face value. Ask and look for examples. Um, again, I hope you found the podcast helpful. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, we do a weekly podcast. Generally, they're topics involving retirement accounts, um, investments uh, in the alternative world. But this was something I, I really needed to get off my chest. Um, I know it's not tied into kind of retirements and financial, although it's, it's tied into the I think overall picture of, uh, of well-being and um, getting older. So um, Anna Bergman, Ari Financial, thanks again for watching and listening. Uh, until next time.